Attention. Your attention, please. Do not be alarmed. There is no need to fear. This is just a little revolt. Greetings, fellow citizens, and hello world. This is A Little Revolt, the podcasting safe house for dangerous minds. Hey there, welcome. My name's Eric Troll. I'm the creator and host of A Little Revolt, and I'm glad you stopped by. We've got something really important to talk about today. Uh, today is November 3rd of 2018. We're three days away here in the U.S. from midterm elections. And pretty much everybody who's been talking about them has been characterizing these midterms as the most important in a generation or more, perhaps since 1966. But I think as we begin to look beyond the midterm elections, there's something that we don't really understand as well as we need to. It's something that the media as a whole seems unwilling or unable to see, or at least they're unprepared to accept. But I think it's something that is obvious once you really think it through, if you've been paying attention. But it's critical that we understand this. So let me get right to it. Here's the point. Donald Trump is not really in charge of anything. That's right. Donald Trump, president of the United States, leader of the free world, most powerful man on the planet, isn't really in charge. Donald Trump is not steering this ship. He's not rowing. He isn't navigating. He certainly didn't build the ship, and he hasn't been the one choosing the destinations. I'll give you a better analogy. He is not the producer of this reality show. He's not the director. He's not the scriptwriter. He's just the on-air talent. But it's even worse than that. You see, Donald Trump is also the clown. He's the means by which the audience is distracted, amused and alarmed, while something else goes on behind the scenes. Donald Trump is, simply put, the shiny object in the magician's other hand. But this then begs two questions. First, who or what is the magician? And second, what's going on in the magician's primary hand that we need to be distracted from? Let's take them in reverse order. What's going on really when we stare intently at the magician's primary hand and don't allow ourselves to be distracted by the shiny object, what's really going on is proof that what the magician says he's doing isn't really what he's doing. He says he's going to make some object disappear or appear out of or into thin air. But if we don't allow ourselves to be distracted by the shiny object 
in his other hand, if we stay focused on the primary hand where the so-called magic is happening, we see that the magician has merely hidden the object in his sleeve or in his palm, or he's produced an object that was previously hidden away. Now, of course, the key to being a good magician is that the audience can watch your primary hand as closely as they want and still not see how the trick gets done. But there's always a trick. There's always some sleight of hand being passed off as something that disregards the laws of physics. Nothing disregards the laws of physics. We're being tricked. In this instance, the trick is called Make America Great Again. And we're being led to believe that that's exactly what's happening day by day, week by week under the current administration. Unemployment is very low. The economy's booming, we're told. America's being respected around the world again. And meanwhile, we're protecting our citizens and building walls to keep evil out. And virtue in, I suppose. We're making America safe again. But what this administration says they're doing is not what they're really doing. While we're busy watching Donald Trump, the shiny object in the magician's other hand, while we're busy reading his every tweet and responding either positively or negatively to his every provocation, what this administration is really doing is deliberately and systematically dismantling the governing and administrative structures of our nation. This is the building constructed around the framework of our Constitution, and they are selling off those structures to their cronies in the business and financial world and to the highest bidders. They are privatizing our democracy. They are literally, not figuratively, but literally, selling off that which has actually made America great. And they are putting our futures into the hands of unaccountable billionaires and corporatists, all while getting rich themselves in the process. But unlike a good magician, politicians can't completely prevent us from seeing what it is that they're doing at least not when their actions ultimately have effects in the real world. So instead, they use lies, misdirection, propaganda, threats, and increasingly fear to manipulate and control public opinion, to create false impressions that eventually, with enough repetition, become accepted realities. But that doesn't make them true. So, for instance, yes, the economy is doing well for some, top 10 to 15% in particular, of the population. The population percentage that owns enough wealth and capital and investments. But for most of the other 85 to 90%, the economy is on shaky, unsteady ground. People are working harder with less benefits and less security than they have in a long, long time. And to the extent the economy is going well at all, and that's really the 401k economy, 
the stock market economy, the Wall Street economy. That's not the Main Street economy. To the extent the economy is going well at all, it is on a temporary sugar high that has been caused by a massive tax cut and giveaway of our collective resources to the richest corporations and individuals. A tax cut that was not paid for and that never will be paid for. A tax cut that is leading us deeper and deeper into a bottomless pit of national debt from which we will never escape. They're lying to you when they tell you that we are going to grow their, our way out of this. Let me tell you something else here, just as an aside, okay? The end of growth is already upon us. Whether we want to admit it or not, the productive growth, the GDP, the economic activity that we're engaging in already around the world is already what economists call non-economic growth. When you take the real social and environmental and other costs of a dollar's worth of productive activity, it costs more than a dollar to produce it. We're already past that point. We're kidding ourselves. What we need to be doing is finding a way to turn towards a sustainable, regenerative life, society, and economy, rather than a consumptive and extractive one. That's a subject for a different day, but don't be misled about that. This growth is, A, it is not sustainable, B, it's not healthy, C, it's fake in large part. And it's a temporary, it's a temporary bubble to the extent there is one, and we're going to pay many times more than the amount of gains that we see over the next few years when the credit card bill comes due. But you see, the Republican Party knows that. They've always known that. I'm going to do an episode uh, real soon, and I'm going to introduce you to some basic elements of what's called game theory. Game theory is an interesting tool, broadly speaking, that can be used to analyze and predict human behavior under uncertain circumstances and then to plan strategy accordingly. And the Republican Party has made extremely good and, well, I would say horrific, but uh, effective use of game theory. And I'm going to introduce you to that subject by talking about something called the prisoner's dilemma. Um, that'll be a subject for another day. But what the Republican Party does in giving massive tax cuts to the richest and claiming, of course, that that's going to create so much jobs and economic activity that it'll pay for itself. They know it won't. You know, they know the Laffer curve is a joke and they know that supply side economics is voodoo math. They do it because they know that by the time the other shoe drops, by the time the debt becomes obvious and in our face for the uh, profligate spending that they've gone through and the failure to pay for the gifts that they give away, the other party's going to be in control. The Democrats will be in control. And then the Republican Party will turn the switch and begin complaining about the horrible debts and deficits and the fact that it's unsustainable and what we really need to be doing is cutting spending, cutting entitlements, slashing all services, and cutting everything, well, except for military spending, which, of course, we need to continue to add to in this scary and dangerous world. So that's the cycle. We've seen it before. We're going to see it again. This is what happens. When the Republicans are in charge, they talk a good game about fiscal responsibility, but they don't practice it. 
They give away things to make themselves popular without paying for them. And when the bill comes due, they're not in power. And then they say, well, we have to slash the services that our government provides for our people in order to pay for this horrible debt that both parties have caused. So that's the cycle. But what we're seeing, at least that's been a clear cycle since Ronald Reagan's administration. But under the Trump administration, there's something else here. There's something different. It is fascism. It is a 21st century form of fascism. It combines extreme nationalism, militarism, scapegoating of the other, sexism, vilification of the press, disdain for human rights, rampant cronyism and corruption and kleptocracy, And all of this we see. But the real key to fascism, the linchpin to the whole thing, is that fascism represents the takeover of democratic institutions by unaccountable corporatists. And this is exactly what is happening right before our eyes while we're sitting here being distracted by the ridiculous sideshow that is Donald Trump. Let's look, for instance, at the Trump administration's cabinet. You see, what has been put together is systematically designed with scientific precision to dismantle those very forms and structures of our government. Donald Trump wouldn't have had any idea A, of having a plan how to do that or why to do it, or B, knowing which people to put in place to effectuate it. Trump puts the Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson in charge of the State Department, and this corporatist immediately begins dismantling the State Department. Now, maybe he was just there because he was very tight with Vladimir Putin having almost pulled off a $500 billion investment in Russia with Rosneft um, until it got nixed by the Obama administration after Russia invaded the Ukraine. How would Trump know, for instance, that Ryan Zinke would be the perfect person to take the the Department of the Interior and privatize public lands and permit all kinds of oil exploration and gas and fracking. How would he know, for instance, that Scott Pruitt would be the person to tap for the Environmental Protection Agency, a guy with sworn allegiance to destroy the Environmental Protection Agency, a guy who only stops stealing from U.S. taxpayers long enough to uh, permit further destruction of our environment? How would he know to put Wilbur Ross, uh, cheating billionaire corporatist uh, in charge of commerce, a person who's never seen a corporate interest he didn't like? How would he know to put Carl Icahn in charge of regulatory reform, a sworn enemy of all forms of regulation? And bear in mind, regulators, regulations are just laws to guard us against cheating and lying and stealing by corporations, and regulators are just cops. Of course they want to get rid of them. How would he know to put Rick Perry, in charge of energy. Rick Perry, who when he was running for president, said there'd be three agencies he would immediately get rid of and 
His oops moment was that he couldn't remember the Department of Energy. Is it a sick joke that he now gets put under Trump in charge of it? No. I mean, yeah, it is a sick joke, but it's all part of a piece. The piece is to put people in charge of agencies and administrations who are sworn enemies of what those agencies and administrations actually do in the real world and whose goal, whose life's ambition is to dismantle and destroy them in favor of allowing the business world to run roughshod over the rest of us. That is the plan that's being put in place here. And like I said before, it is systematic, it is deliberate, it is going on right in front of us, but it is way too systematic and way too deliberate for a feckless know-nothing like Donald Trump ever to have conceived, much less to have carried out. You just can't look at it and think for one second that Donald Trump is in charge of this. He's not. He hasn't been. Which brings us to the other question, then. Who is? And that's not an easy answer. There's power behind the throne, just like there was in the George W. Bush administration. Here it's even clearer than there. But for lack of a better word, for lack of a better phrase, for lack of anything better to give you, the magician is Charles Koch. Charles Koch, the oldest brother, the real power behind the Koch brothers' family, the, the two most politically active multi-multi-billionaires in the world. They are responsible for creating, and when I say they, I mean Charles and David Koch. Uh, they uh, ousted one of their family members because he was gay, and um, David Koch, although he was on the Libertarians' ticket for the White House back in 1980 as their candidate for vice president, he's really just been sort of the uh, the goon behind the the family and Charles has always really been the brains of the operation. And when I say that this is being done with almost scientific precision, well, you see the hands of the engineer all over this, and that's Charles Koch. Look, it's not that the Koch brothers or Charles Koch independently are responsible. You know, there's the Richard Mellon Scaife Foundation, the Bradley Foundation. There are rich billionaire donors with corporate interests galore out there. But the single biggest perpetrator of the destruction and the dismantling of our government and the attempted installation of an authoritarian fascist regime that tramples human rights, that tramples civil rights, and that gives all power to corporations, that singularity is Charles Koch. So the next time you see Donald Trump prancing around in front of a TV and trying to incite riots. Remember who he is. He's the clown up on the high wire, stumbling forward and he's climbing higher and it looks like he's going to fall and we're transfixed and we can't wait. We're horrified. We're mesmerized. And meanwhile, the carnies are picking our pockets. So when you go to vote on November 6th, Vote the fucking carnies out of office.